2: Welcome to fantasy sports today on sports grid. Great to be with you here on this Tuesday. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. We're reviewing fantasy baseball. We've got a DFS lineup to set for you coming up. We'll talk some fantasy football as well. So stay on the grid for that. Davis, of course, we're also following the NHL Stanley Cup final where the Tampa Bay Lightning are definitely going to keep things interesting at the very least against the Colorado Avalanche, a young prospect in Major League Baseball called up as well. And uh, we're on the, uh, you know, precipice of the NBA draft on Thursday. And uh, Davis, I guess kind of a rare scenario where we kind of think we know who the first pick in the draft is going to be. But, I, you know, I don't know that we have a absolute indication that could change over the next day or two.
4: Well, there was some huge movement in the markets yesterday. Now, obviously, the uh, NBA draft markets are not very liquid, very, honestly, very similar to the NFL draft markets, mm. but with less of a total handle and less people betting on them, right? Like, pretty much everyone who's got uh, a FanDuel account is getting something down on the NFL draft just because it's fun. Kind of happens at a dead time in the sports calendar. Uh, you know, the end of the NBA season, baseball is not quite there yet. The NBA draft, a little bit different. People are are not really actively thinking about the NBA draft because it happened so close. But we saw a huge move. Paulo Banchero moved from, I believe, 25 to 1 to 4 to 1 to be the number one overall pick. Uh, Jabari Smith, the guard, his odds shifted quite a bit. Does look like Oklahoma City is pretty locked in on Chet Holmgren at 2. But again, you know, that they, they could trade that pick. There are rumors that the Trailblazers want to get up higher in the draft. There's rumors that Lou Dort might be traded. Now we have this Kyrie Irving thing hanging. So, mm-hmm. so honestly, who knows, right? Who knows?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, a lot could happen over the next couple of days for sure. All right, let's get to our headlines here on the show. Tampa Bay. With a big win last night over colorado and they defend their home ice so we head to a game four with definitely very much up in the air as to who would win the stanley cup final which is what we like the yankees first team to win 50 games as garrett cole dominates he almost pitched a no hitter last night as well O'Neill cruz gets the call up on sunday for the pirates what does he do hits one of the hardest hit balls in the team this season and pittsburgh responds with a 12-1 to win, Magic versus Rockets announced as the first game of the NBA Summer League, no doubt. But Davis, let's go back to baseball here for a minute. Uh, Yankees have a really nice game yesterday. Anthony Rizzo, homers off Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole almost pitching a no-hitter yesterday. But everyone buzzing, of course, about O'Neal Cruz and for people who drafted him Davis early on and have been stashing him and holding him in fantasy leagues I think the time is now to start getting him into your lineup just a massive guy 6 foot 7 shortstop could run hit throw uh pretty impressive
4: yeah I saw uh, I saw a tweet yesterday that in his very first game O'Neill Cruz already had the fastest sprint speed of any pirate uh I believe he uh, yeah so he got up to it was like uh, he got to first base in like three point something seconds or what? It was the fastest that any pirate has done. He also hit the hardest exit velocity of any pirate this season. I mean, and and I, you just can't really get more intriguing than a 6-6 six, six shortstop. Like, what does that even look like? How does that even function? I don't know. It's it's, it's crazy to me, but I'm very glad he's up. Uh, excited to have, you know, some reason to follow, pay attention to what's going on with the, the pirates. I believe they batted him sixth yesterday so we we can't we can't be doing that anymore he's he's got to be he's got to be three got to be three for the rest of the year let's uh let's dispense with the pleasantries and uh yeah the lightning came out last night and uh they they did not look like a team that wanted to get licked on home ice uh colorado did score first and then had a goal waved off for uh the guy was just just a hair hair offside when he played the pass into valerie Nishkinen. So, you know, look, I mean, I, nothing easy. I I And and I, honestly, I would prefer, uh, you know, nice little six-game series anyway. So no harm, no foul with the Lightning and the Avalanche.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. And, uh, you know, look, Davis, I think at this point, it's fair to say, and I think you mentioned it yesterday, and it's really true, like the series don't really start until a team goes on the road and wins a game. And if Tampa Bay wins the next one, um, you know, very well could see this thing going deep, maybe six, seven games.
4: Yeah. Uh I mean you you it, it does kinda function the same way as the NBA where we, you know we say the series doesn't start until a team loses a home game i i would imagine that the avalanche are going to come out a bit more inspired in game four i think there was a little bit of complacency i mean you're up to zero you just beat this team seven zero they were trying to fight with you guys at the end i, I and someone did remind me that the lightning also did do this against the rangers i believe it was mm-hmm. game three against the rangers they there was a big fight after that game so you know, I mean, it's uh, the. I guess maybe they're just a team that like to scrap. Of course, they have Patrick Maroon, who is a transplant. Uh, played one season for the St. Louis Blues. The years they won the Stanley Cup, and uh, he is he's a big time enforcer. You know, he is there to uh, to chip away at these guys. And the the Avalanche don't really have anyone like that. You know, they don't they don't really have like any fourth line grinders. That they're mostly pretty skilled. Right. You know, Scandinavian type guys. So just kind of a kind of an interesting little throwback there.
2: Yeah, definitely so. Looking forward to seeing game four for sure in Tampa Bay. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on the show. Coming up next, a little fantasy football discussion, best ball season fully underway. Usually Mondays and Tuesdays here on the show, we dive into some debates. Today, we're taking a look at rookies versus veterans as training camps are set to begin in about a month from now. Then we'll dive into a full slate tonight in daily fantasy baseball. So get out your DraftKings apps coming up. We're going to help you set a lineup this evening. Really good selections, by the way, from Davis last night. Corbin Burns, a monster game for Milwaukee on the mound. So who's he going to pitch uh, tonight? We'll find out. we got Fantasy Reality, the Sports Grid 60 on this Tuesday. It's Davis and Craig with you, as always, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Sports Grid. And we'll have a lot more right after this quick break. So stay with us. Break,
3: break. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
5: doors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways your dedicated Fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth, investment minimum supply, Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.
0: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive the hatchback that took you cross country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool for the cars you couldn't live without trust amica auto insurance amica empathy is our best policy
1: reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh,
2: always fun to talk about changing of the guard in fantasy football and very much happens at pretty much every position and then more so davis said wide receiver Uh, i mean i I guess the hard part about it is sort of identifying when it's time to get off a player and the, the player that i always like to talk about here on the show and it happened over the last couple of years is julio jones right like you knew that there was like an ending time for him and you have to identify but sometimes it's not that easy And sometimes you have to, you know, kind of read between the lines in terms of some of the reports, see how players are going. I think the opposite of that would be a guy like A.J. Green, who I thought last year was completely done, but actually was viable for a few games for the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, you know, those are higher level guys today. We're going to kind of dive into maybe some players sort of on the fringe here and see kind of how it works out for them moving forward.
4: Yeah, I mean, in general, I think that's kind of why it's helpful that uh, you know to have some heuristics while you're drafting and to have profiles of players that you like, profiles of players that uh, you know generally do not beat their production, and, and just in general, I would prefer to be uh, a year early on fading a guy than a year too late. So you know, a lot of my teams are going to have lots of guys who are very young, lots of rookies. Uh, you know, another big heuristic for me is just don't draft guys who are already injured. Uh, Now that's more true for seasonal managed leagues than it would be for best ball because of the way that best ball scoring works. You know, the uh, the points at the end of the season just count for a lot more. For example, you know, Chris Godwin, he might be on the designated for return IR for nine games, but he also might be the highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy from weeks 10 Mm -hmm. to week 17. And that's a, you know, a totally different value proposition in best ball than it is in you know for example the ffpc main event so uh definitely important to know kind of which format you're you're playing
2: yeah no question and i think that's important and today we're going to go through an exercise on some potential players that you would consider on the veteran side versus the younger side and hopefully there's some fun debate here back and forth on a couple of the players let's start with the washington commanders davis naturally their wide receiver position is pretty much up in the air after you get through Terry McLaurin. It ain't great, that's for sure. Curtis Samuel has been more or less an underachiever, whoever he has been, Carolina, Washington. And then you have Jahan Dotson, obviously a newer name for some folks out there as well. So, you know, kind of how do you identify this? Because clearly I would think that the quarterbacking situation would be a little bit better than it was last year. I don't know how much better, but it's got to be a little bit better with Wentz uh, coming into the season
4: yeah i mean i I don't know. Carson wentz was pretty, pretty bad last season um, and I guess I guess the quarterbacking situation for the Washington football team was also quite bad. Carson wentz threw for thirty five hundred yards in seventeen games last season twenty seven touchdowns really though, the only viable pass catcher on Indianapolis was michael Pittman jr. uh he had a thousand eighty two receiving yards this is insane. You're not going to believe this stat when I tell you no one else on the Indianapolis Colts had more than 384 Mm -hmm. receiving yards. So it was Michael Pittman Jr. And then a bunch of guys that were completely unusable for fantasy. You know, Zach Pascal, T.Y. Hilton, Ashton Doolin, Mm -hmm. Paris Campbell. You know, part of that was because those guys themselves were also dealing with injuries, but partly just because Wentz has a hard time making throws. Um, And and the way I think about this situation is I pretty much know what Curtis Samuel is going to be unless he is used in the same role that he was his final season um, in, or or his third season in Carolina, uh, you know, where he was being used as a running back. So his final season in Carolina, 200 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 851 receiving yards, five touchdowns as a whole. He was pretty good, especially to end that year but he is now entering into his age 27 season did not uh you know barely barely got on the field uh at all last year so i just i i i'm gonna go dots in here he was the 16th overall pick i don't love him both of these guys are super cheap in drafts right now but i have a sense of what curtis samuel is going to be and by the way with antonio gibson and jd mckissick there i don't i don't really see him being that kind of third down role at all so I, I gotta i gotta side dots in here
2: all right let's move over in uh, another discussion for the new york giants and obviously there's there's you know basically not even a number one wide receiver there unless you consider kenny galladay that guy um is kenny galladay still in new york by the way did they cut him or they or is he still on the team
4: yeah kenny Galladay's still there he okay. uh he makes a lot of money four years 76 mil, or 72 million dollar right. contract so so he's not going anywhere he is definitely on the team
2: Okay, so so assuming that, that Galladay needs some help, it would seem to me that most people are going to be watching this, Davis, and go, there's no debate here. Uh, Kadarius Toney, first-round pick from the New York Giants at the University of Florida. And then we have Juan Dale Robinson, who I know nothing about, so you'll have to educate me on him. And is there even a debate to be had here? If so, I'm guessing there is, or we wouldn't be talking about it.
4: I mean, I I actually like both of these guys. I mean, Kadarius Toney was a first-round pick last season. He definitely showed some very intense flashes against the Cowboys. He had Uh, 10 receptions and 160 yards. You know, looked like a guy capable of maybe being, uh, you know, kind of an Odell Beckham-type rookie year impact, of course, harkening back to the last great Giants wide receiver. But... You know, what are we already hearing about Tony? You know, he's late to practice. He's always dinged up. The coaches don't love him. This is a new coaching staff, a new front office, not the coaching staff and front office that drafted him. So if he's not willing to put in the work, they have no allegiance to him. Whereas Wandale went way ahead of the nfl draft where he was being mocked people kind of thought he would be a third round fourth round pick the giants selected him with the 56 overall pick canary's tony going um right about pick 95 pick 100 in best ball drafts right now wandale going like 160 165 and there is a lot of interest in this giant's offense because of course brian dable is the guy who fixed josh allen Mm -hmm. right josh allen was horrible as a rookie and uh, people are kind of projecting him to be able to do the same thing for Daniel Jones. The bills were one of the past heaviest teams in football, the giants with, you know, Wandale, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley is the pass catching running back. They should also be fairly pass heavy. So I like both of these guys. I definitely would prefer to take Tony. Uh, I think Tony has more upside, especially this season, but I think they're both good at their cost.
2: All right. And uh, finally, let's move on to a very clear, line in the sand here between a veteran and a rookie now uh in the past i mean basically going into this season no debate i mean robert woods is strong wide receiver too on every fantasy football uh, team but look there's been a changing of the guard in los angeles they moved him to tennessee unfortunately a place where wide receivers outside of brown uh you know they they sort of fall apart here honestly davis uh burks clearly a very high draft pick uh, I have a feeling I know which way you're going to go here but, but what is it about the Titans that in you know 20 years, 30 years they're basically only producing one great wide receiver per 10 years. It makes no sense.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't really get. I don't really get why they're not kind of getting with the program of the rest of the NFL. Like so like teams are trying to get like really good fourth wide receivers and the Titans are struggling to find one. I did think it was a smart piece of business to trade the pick to get robert woods you know that is a much cheaper way to find a good wide receiver than trying to pay one in free agency or trying to draft multiples of them i mean i definitely have burks here robert woods is entering into his age uh, thir- uh 29 season coming off of the torn acl he is already back at practice you know back in minicamp so that is definitely a good sign but Traylon Burks was a guy I really loved coming out of Arkansas anyways. And I think he landed in a pretty good situation for himself. The concern at this point is Burks has been unavailable in minicamp. He's dealing with complications from asthma, which is not something I remembered reading about him. Now, now, granted, you know, he has played uh, high level college football for three seasons mm-hmm. and didn't miss any games. But I mean, it does. It feels like a weird thing to be unavailable for asthma at minicamp as as a rookie.
2: All right. Well, hopefully that'll get itself, uh, you know, worked out for sure, because the Titans, you know, kind of going through a transition period, of course, with, uh, you know, new guys there and, you know, obviously a lot of running with Derrick Henry going into the season as well. So, all right. Coming up next, a big evening slate in Major League Baseball. Picked a few of the right guys yesterday. We'll see if we could do it again. Davis is ready to give you his DFS lineup for this evening. So get out those apps on your tablets or your phones for DraftKings. We'll help you set a lineup. Coming up next for Tuesday night in Major League Baseball, this is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. And we're back in just a few minutes after this short message. Don't go away. Wait,
3: wait sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
5: doors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways Your dedicated Fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth, investment minimum supply, Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.
0: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive the hatchback that took you cross country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool for the cars you couldn't live without trust amica auto insurance amica empathy is our best policy Reese's
1: peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh,
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. It's time for us to set a lineup tonight in Daily Fantasy and Major League Baseball. And David, some nice selections yesterday. Uh, Corbin Burns with a great start for the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll see if we can do it again tonight. What does the slate look like to you this evening?
4: Well, we got an absolutely massive one here. We have a 13-game slate tonight on DraftKings, so almost every team is playing. Of course, we have loads of aces going. Nestor Cortez, Kevin Gaussman, Dylan Seas, Sean Manaya, Zach Gallon. Although Gallon has, has gotten touched up a little bit his last few starts. And, uh, you know, always kind of appreciate these massive giant slates that do not have a chords game. On them. I, I don't really think we are going to see one offense be overwhelmingly popular over another. You know, even some of the really good teams on the slate, uh, like the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, and of course the Toronto Blue Jays, some of these best offenses, they have either difficult or just not uh, difficult matchups or just run totals that are not as high as you would expect. So just uh, kind of sets up to give us a lot of interesting decisions.
2: All right, so let's see if we can make those decisions for you tonight. The San Diego Padres and Chicago White Sox are uh, basically going to be without a couple of their players tonight. We know Manny Machado, Davis is going to miss time for the Padres, although he won't go on the injury list. Sean Mania is priced at $9,000 tonight. Uh, Dylan Cease is priced, uh, you know, I think also pretty high here in terms of what you expect from him. Uh, they'll be out without you on Mankata. But you know, honestly, Mankata hasn't really been a big contributor for the White Sox this season. So let's go through the choices here, Uh Manaya and cease,
4: yeah, Manaya is having i mean one of the, one of the best stretches of his career. He did get beat up against the Cubs in his most recent start only made it through four innings eight hits five earned runs uh did give up two home runs in that game if i if i remember that that game correctly i believe that was at chicago i believe it was a bit of a wriggly win game but before that mowed down the Mets, mowed down the Brewers, had a decent start against Pittsburgh, and his ratios look really good. You know, his whip is only 1.1, more strikeouts than innings, and uh, of course, you know, as we talked about with you, Darvish yesterday, it didn't work out. Darvish struggled a little bit against the Arizona Diamondbacks, but uh, they are, I mean, that is just a really good matchup to have right now and and the diamondbacks are already in the part of the season where guys are hurt and they're calling up guys who are the bottom end of their 40 man so they are definitely a, a good matchup right now i think our our decision for second starting pitcher it has to come down between the the guys going in the toronto and chicago white Sox game between cease and gaussman and for whatever reason i just i just cannot trust kevin gaussman i i don't know what it is and i know he's putting together quite a good sample of results right now but i'm i'm siding with c's here 2.91 era 97 strikeouts uh you know in in a, a pretty limited inning sample he hasn't been getting very deep into games but he has been generating the strikeouts so we got to 26 DraftKings points and only five innings against detroit uh eight strikeouts against the dodgers and only four innings i mean that is it's pretty tough to do against the, against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, uh, you know, and, and I also think that just how right-handed the Toronto Blue Jays are does hurt them in a spot like this. Like last night, Ryan Tapia batting six for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, I'm going to keep hammering this until they make some moves because I it just like, it, it just feels like we know too much about baseball with how important the platoon advantage is to be running out these eight right-handed lineups against right-handed starters. But I mean, I guess that's that's the team that they have. So I'm siding with Cease over Gaussman right now.
2: All right, fair enough. So Cease and Manaya are the starters tonight. Let's go through the offensive players to choose from. We'll start off at catcher, and Salvador Perez is priced at 4900 for the Kansas City Royals. Josh Bell, one of the very few bright spots for Washington. He's actually been pretty good this year, 3500 for him. Brendan Donovan at second base is priced at 3700 tonight. Josh Donaldson of the Yankees, 3900 And then Francisco Lindor of the New York Mets, he is priced Davis at 4200 tonight.
4: Yeah, so starting off with Salvador Perez, uh, I mean, the Royals are not very good, but Perez is just kind of doing what he always does. He has very good power, very low strikeout rates against left-handed starting pitchers he's still striking out a ton against right-handed starting pitchers because as Perez has aged all he cares about is hitting dingers right that that's really the only thing that's on his mind as he heads to the plate and Detmers is not a big strikeout guy anyways uh Josh Bell is you're right I mean really one of the only reasons you would have as a Nationals fan to uh to go to a baseball game right now would be I guess to watch Josiah Gray pitch Or to watch Josh Bell try and hit home runs against bad starting pitching, which is what jordan lyles is lyles does not generate any strikeouts and you know again i i also just love taking switch hitters in daily fantasy baseball because what does that mean it means that they're gonna have the platoon advantage for the entire game that's a hard that's a hard thing to control for when projecting these games like what is what is the opposing team gonna do with the bullpen you know if you if you take anthony rizzo and, for the yankees and rizzo gets loogied, well i mean then you just have to live with those consequences they can't do that to josh bell and uh, just anytime you can get a guy at 3500 with an isolated slugging north of 180 i think that is a pretty good spot the cardinals as we talked about yesterday i mean they just keep scoring runs they have this matchup How, how is chichi gonzalez a major league pitcher right now like how did the brewers who have all these talent you know they have all these guys burns and woodruff and peralta and like all these dudes how is how does chichi gonzalez making their rotation. I I don't understand it. The Cardinals are going to be very popular tonight. Edmund, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Gorman, Yepes. But Donovan has been batting second, which uh, was not projected when he got called up. I I think that uh, our NFBC main event team, I think we won him off of waivers for $37 out of a thousand if I remember correctly but Nolan Gorman went for like 350 right because Gorman is the power Mm -hmm. guy but Gorman has been batting fifth or sixth uh they have been DHing him some because obviously they want his bat in the lineup but good good uh run spot there for Brandon Donovan so feeling good about him Donaldson just very simple I mean he's 3,900 against a left-handed starting pitcher I I I don't care it could be Clayton Kershaw could be was Satchel Page a lefty? I don't think he was. Doesn't matter. He could he could be against he could be against anybody, uh, any lefty of of history. And I'm taking him at 3900 guy for his career just absolutely destroys the left handed starting pitching. And then uh, Francisco Lindor, I just like what the guy is 4200. I mean, what I, I don't understand this. Like I don't know It's something they like they they must have been the out the DraftKings algorithm thought they were going against a different starting pitcher or something, but. I mean, Francesco Lindor, he's hitting 240. He's got 11 home runs. The Mets are scoring runs. He is, I mean, he's just doing everything. He's got eight stolen bases. He's got some triples. Like, It feels like the easiest play of the night is Lindor here.
2: Yeah, another uh, decent option uh, is Luis Giorma, the Mets, too. Guillorme, because I think Jeff McNeil may be out, and uh, Guillorme is very cheaply priced tonight on FanDuel. Um, yeah, and as far as the Brewers go, Davis, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Woodruff has been hurt. Peralta has been hurt. Aaron Ashby went on the injury list. Like they're running out of guys. I mean, I don't know. Like should, yeah. should they have somebody better than that guy? Yes, probably. But still like they're really thin as far as starting pitching is concerned. All right, let's go to the outfield. And uh, tonight we'll start off with Giancarlo Stanton who is closing in on 5,000 Brad Miller. And then I uh, love this pick of Michael Harris, who has been really dynamic for the Braves always seems to get on base, plays good defense. And I don't know how the Braves keep doing this Davis. They just, Keep finding guys. Keep plugging them in. Keep going along.
4: Yeah, I mean, your 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 buddy Anthopoulos. I mean, it just feels like he is building an absolute juggernaut. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. misses six weeks, no problem. Ozzy Albies breaks his hand, no problem. You know, we're we're Adam Duvall. We're platooning him in the outfield with this guy Michael Harris, who no one's ever heard of. And really, I I was just looking at the Braves lineup because one of the one of the guys who I really like to target with left handed batters is anthony descalvani who's really good against right-handed batters you know he's got that sinking action on his fastball that just gets a lots and lots of weak grounders from right-handed batters but left-handed batters for descafani's career have absolutely teed him off when he used to pitch for the reds and he was starting a game at great american ballpark it was like i mean you're just smash it. i mean dude, michael mm-hmm. chavez doesn't matter just get left-handed bats against him because he's given up two home runs per start at uh, a great american ballpark but the braves don't really have a ton of lefty guys outside of matt olson who i thought was just a little bit pricey but michael harris jr he you now again he does he does bat ninth so it's not like uh, total slam dunk play here but he's sitting there 3100 he's he, and he's just playing very well so we have him in there brad miller just uh i mean just a, a guy we talked i think we talked about him last week where guy absolutely kills you if he's on your seasonal fantasy baseball team doesn't play enough low batting average so you're not getting the counting stats so perfect example of a guy to take advantage of in dfs because all you're playing him for is uh you know one for four or two strikeouts one home run and kyle gibson a guy i like to target because i don't think he is anywhere near as good as the results he has been getting for the philadelphia phillies and uh stanton and judge by the way i think are both phenomenal plays tonight because the yankees are not really going to be that popular against uh fleming the lefty because he's mm-hmm. like a decent starting pitcher it got, it's not like the guy's bad but that just imagine you're a left-handed starting pitcher and you have to get through donaldson judge and Stanton. it's like i'm standing there on the mound like just cursing like how is this how is this the team that these guys have going together it looks so frustrating to uh to pitch against but and and i i've been meaning to bring this up to you on the show we're almost out of time here joey gallo changed his batting stance two weeks ago four home runs since then batting average above 300 guy guy turned a corner we're feeling we're feeling good about joey gallo again
2: yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, nothing will be proven until the postseason for the Yankees. They could win 110 games, and it won't make any difference. But, um, I mean, look, Rizzo from the left, Gallo from the left, Judge from the right, Donaldson from the right, Stanton from the right. I mean, the lineup's incredible. I um, but is it built to win the World Series? We're going to find out in October again with the Yankees. They're cruising toward the postseason, no question. All right, coming up next, time for a little fantasy or reality. Kyrie Irving is in the headlines. It uh, feels like every team's fan base wants him but doesn't want him. Will he actually be in Brooklyn next season? We'll hit on that. Great, great.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit Fidelity.com/slash wealth investment minimum supply, Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC member N Y-S-E-S-I-P-C.
0: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, that's definitely not a problem Uh, races you did it you stumped this charming devil
2: and welcome back fantasy sports today here on sports grid make sure you are following us on social media on twitter it's very easy to do at SportsGrid or at SportsGrid TV for the latest news, notes, information, picks against the spread. Of course, all of our shows and hosts are posting content there. Not to mention, if you have a question for us on fantasy or reality, make sure you hit us up and ask us the question. If we like it, we will use it on the show. And Davis, naturally, we got fantasy reality coming up. But uh, another big name on the PGA Tour. I mean, I guess a former big name on the PGA Tour uh, leaving to go play on the live tournament and uh, really interesting because there was that battle back and forth with uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka And uh, Brooks had some, you know, not nice comments, not all that long ago about uh, folks leaving the PGA tour for the live tour. And uh, here we are. Brooks Kepka is the next one.
4: Brooks Kepka is indeed the, uh, the next one. I mean, I don't, I don't really think uh, the PGA tour in terms of the actual golf, is going to miss him he's only won once since 2019 brooks has repeatedly said you know i don't care about playing the travelers championship which is this weekend uh you know he just cares about the majors as of right now live guys are allowed to play in the majors we will see how long that lasts. my guess is behind closed doors the pga is putting a lot of pressure on the pga on the u.s open on on everyone there um but this definitely does matter from a viewing audience perspective. Uh, you know, the viewership numbers came out for the U.S. Open. We had this amazing finish, Zalatoris and Scheffler and Fitzpatrick battling until the bitter end. And viewership was down, you know, way less than, for example, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. And and I think my worst fears are starting to be realized, Craig, which is we're just going to have two golf tours, neither of which are watchable, right, which is just the the stone worst thing that could have happened Mm. for uh for fans of golf such as myself
2: Mm. would it be a bummer for sure all right let's hit some fantasy or reality All right, Davis, the NBA drafts coming up on Thursday, Kyrie Irving, according to uh, published reports, you know, may be falling out of favor with the Brooklyn Nets know, uh, also fell out of favor with Cleveland, fell out of favor, you know, seemingly with a lot of different scenarios too. And so the fan bases are kind of up in arms. You see like this division, ironically, you know, usually when a player like this of this stature, Davis is available. Every fan base usually runs to say, Let's go get the guy. I'm seeing both sides for a lot of places New York and Miami and Minnesota and a number of different places. Um, but I don't know. Let's let's dive in a little deeper here because the draft is Thursday. Going to be much easier to trade him before Thursday than after. That's for sure. Fantasy reality Kyrie Irving will leave the Brooklyn Nets this offseason.
4: Um, yeah, you know what, I, I have reality. So I, I think that this is a reality for a couple reasons. The first being, I think that the relationship has soured between Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, which was the reason why they were there in the first place. Because make no mistake, if Durant was like, Kyrie, I love you, you're my guy. You know, I just I need you, I can't win without you we we would not be hearing this right if durant if Durant was a hundred percent full in stamp of approval on Kyrie, we would not be hearing this, and then the other reason is. Kyrie, well first off there's their destinations for him right the Lakers want him the Clippers mm-hmm. have been looking for a point guard the entire time they've had these guys and there are plenty of teams with cap space to make this work as the third team Oklahoma City Orlando Houston you know there uh, Indiana plenty of tanking teams that can do it and pay a good price in order to do it. but the other thing is Kyrie just loves chaos this guy is the joker i mean that's really what like he i i think Kyrie just kind of enjoys That the headlines like I just think he kind of just enjoys the chaotic nature of being a superstar in the NBA. So just kind of reading the tea leaves it does feel like there's enough ways mechanically for this to work that it will happen so I, I have reality here.
2: You know, I I kind of want to agree with you, but then part of me says like, where in the world does Brooklyn go from here if they if they you know trade Kyrie Irving? I mean, you could make the argument over the last like couple months of the season he was their best player when everything got sorted out with the COVID protocols. Ben Simmons still a question mark, uh, you know? Kevin Durant probably still the best player in the NBA, but he but he needs some help. I I don't know what that would look like, Davis, if Kyrie Irving went to Los Angeles to play with the Lakers or. He went to Miami to play with the Heat. Would Kyle Lowry be a player, then would go back to Brooklyn? I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say fantasy. I'm going to say fantasy. I think Brooklyn's got to get this figured out. I think they got to keep him. If he is the Joker, by the way, what is James Harden at this point? I'm not even sure. The Riddler? Uh, I got fantasy. I think that uh, Kyrie somehow, they find a way to work this out and stay in Brooklyn. I'll probably be wrong on that one. All right, Neil Diamond the other day shows up. Sings uh, his his key song, "Sweet Caroline," of course, at Fenway Park. Uh, you know, naturally, there's a lot of different songs that are sung at different parks and football stadiums, baseball stadiums. We see this all over the country. Uh, Davis, I would ask you, in terms of your memory, you know, kind of search back the last 20 years of sports. "Sweet Caroline," Fenway Park is the best song tradition in baseball.
4: I mean, it's it's got to be. I can't even I can't even think of another fan base in baseball that uh, that is particularly close. And I know, like I'm sure, the Giants have their thing, and the Yankees have their thing. And I don't know, do the Rays have people show up to their games? Maybe maybe they do too. But I think for for baseball, if you are just containing it to the sport of baseball, it's it's right. got to be a reality. You know, everyone knows that this is happening. In terms of like best song traditions, I would definitely give it to uh i mean there are a couple in like european soccer I, I i am partial to the uh the viking clap that the iceland national team does after all of their games That i think that would be one of the things you'd see in person and you'd be like wow like i think the the hairs on the back of your neck would uh would stand up but yeah in in terms of baseball i mean look it's been it's been immortalized in film you know the red sox are the super po- i mean this is it's not even close it's got to be a reality
2: Yeah, there's a lot. of good one in football, Uh, you know, Renegade. They played the Steelers games, too. Look, there's a lot of good ones. Um, I got fantasy here. I got fantasy because I'm just going to go strictly off the question. The best uh, singing tradition in baseball is a different guest every night singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game at Wrigley Field. I got that ahead Uh. of Sweet Caroline in the seventh inning. Got to do it. Got to have it. Uh, always fun to have a different celebrity, a different guest. I got Fenway at number two, but uh, I, I think what they do at Wrigley is fantastic. Whether it is Bill Murray or, or you know just some celebrity in the area, they always have them doing it. They show up on television for a few minutes. They talk, and especially during the day games that they have there too. So uh, I got fantasy. I got take me out to the ball game, number one in Wrigley Field. Uh, all right. So this is really interesting in Hong Kong. There's this heat. There was. This huge restaurant boat, I believe it was called the Jumbo, Uh, the biggest boat restaurant in the world in Hong Kong happened to be. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it sort of lost some steam and they have tugged that big boat out of Hong Kong. It was featured in Godzilla, the movie Godzilla, a lot of other movies as well. Uh, Basically, just picture your massive cruiser that's an actual restaurant. That's what this was. That's why we're talking about it here today. Uh, so, Davis, I would ask you, look, there's a lot of different options for this, but have either of us been on one of these, fantasy reality? Davis, you have eaten on an old boat-turned-restaurant.
4: This is a fantasy. I've never I've never eaten on an old boat-turned-restaurant. The closest I could get to this is I have gambled in a riverboat casino. So the casino is turned, uh, you know, it's an old boat. It's remodeled. It's remanufactured. They had one of these in... Kansas City, honestly, a gross place. The Isle of Capri Casino, uh, not not a great one, but I've I've done it there. I've done it down in uh, New Orleans. We went to a riverboat casino, uh, but I've never I've never eaten on one. So I've been, you know, I've played I played cards, blackjack, you know, done the whole thing on the riverboat casino, but I have never sat down to a a, a sit down meal at an old boat turn in a restaurant. Which I think the reason for this should be evident, which is I live in a landlocked state so the the options for doing this here in the Midwest are are certainly few and far between you know not, not a ton of water to turn uh, old boats into restaurants.
2: Yeah, this is um I mean, it's kind of a fantasy for me, although there was a, a warship, I believe in New York over on the Chelsea Pier, if I'm not mistaken, that they have events there where you can eat but it was not a restaurant per se it was it's like kind of a museum i think at this point so i don't know if that qualifies so the answer is no to that i have eaten at a uh at a place that they turned a airplane hangar into a restaurant in south florida here there's one of those called anthony's runway 84 but as far and and believe it or not look i'm all you know I'm surrounded by water, Davis here in Florida. I live literally five minutes away from the water I live all the way east. uh, but no, I have not eaten. I don't think I have eaten at an old boat turned restaurant, but you're right, like those little cruises that they send you out there for a few hours and they send you back. I think that's probably the furthest that I've come,
4: yeah um i i've done i guess kind of like the inverse of this i've eaten at like the very top of like a super tall building in Mm -hmm. downtown chicago the uh the water tower they have uh if you go all the way up to the top you know they have like uh, i think you pay 10 bucks and you get into the bar and you have this view or whatever but we have we've eaten dinner up there which is kind of more my speed anyway i'm more of a more of like a, a city guy than an ocean guy i again landlocked my whole life, born in Kansas, raised in Kansas, moved to Missouri. I, I, have been to the ocean. I've been in the ocean, but just in general, I'm not crazy about water. I would never. I, I don't think I would ever for myself choose to go on a cruise. Doesn't doesn't sound that uh, that fun to me. Um, also, I think weirdly enough, I think watching all of Lost made me kind of afraid to be to like fly over open water for so long. You know, like that I think that's kinda gotten into the back of my I'm just just not crazy about water. Not not for me.
2: Well, Florida's not your spot then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's for sure. Definitely not your spot. Uh, you know, definitely the case. I, I will tell you that I haven't been on a cruise in a number of years, Davis, but that is definitely I mean, I don't right now, I don't know, like how you'd feel about going on one just, you know, given everything that's happening. It feels like that's definitely a, a part, a big part that got hurt by the pandemic for sure. But yeah. David, it is a highly recommended event by me. If if indeed things are normal and you feel good about it, because it is literally like food all the time, um, not on a, on a huge cruiser, not a real, not seasick, like there nothing like that is usually happening and it's a great getaway. I mean, I, I do recommend it, but now I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about it
4: yeah i read well it's another one of those things i read this long essay from david foster wallace called a supposedly fun thing i'll never do again which was about going on one of those huge luxury liner cruises Mm -hmm. and and he painted it in such a way that i was like i think that will just color my perception of cruises forever and i will never like i i won't be able to go back and be like oh yeah you know i can go and and i guess basically like my honeymoon going to uh we're, we're going to jamaica i mean it's basically a cruise except you're just landlocked, right? It's the same thing. It's just eating, eating and drinking and sitting by the pool all day.
2: That's pretty much it. Wouldn't we all like to do that right now? For sure. In fact, our uh, producer, Brett Levy, is going to go on a honeymoon soon. He got married over the weekend. He's back with us here today. I wish uh, you know we had a whole fantasy of reality on Brett's wedding. I haven't even heard anything about it. So uh, we got to take a break though here on the show. Coming up next, we got the Sports Grid 60 and then two o'clock Eastern, I'll be back with you here for another edition of Newswire. We got Dan Wallet coming on the show today our contributors from the Sporting News and Legal Sports reports. So hopefully you stay on the grid for that. Also, tomorrow on the show, we'll take a deeper dive here on Fantasy Sports today into the 2022 NBA Draft, which is coming up on Thursday. We'll take a look at the latest odds on potential players who could go first, see if we could get that trifecta order, 1, 2, 3, coming up on Thursday night. We'll take a quick break here on FST. Up next, we got the Sports Grid 60, and then the early line takes over after
3: that. We'll be right back. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
5: doors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways Your dedicated Fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth, investment minimum supply, Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.
0: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive the hatchback that took you cross country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool for the cars you couldn't live without trust amica auto insurance amica empathy is our best policy
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We have some breaking news in the NFL, and Davis will tell you all about it in today's Sports Greatest 60.
4: The USA Today is reporting that the plaintiff's attorney in the case against Deshaun Watson, uh, he announced that all cases against Deshaun Watson with the exception of four have been settled. To quote, we are working through the paperwork related to those settlements. Once we have done so, those particular cases will be dismissed. The terms and amounts of the settlement are confidential. We won't comment further on the settlement for these cases. So it does seem, like grand juries indictments new plaintiffs the reporting uh the excellent reporting done by the way in uh, sports illustrated and the athletic the the uh, you know the the reporters who i think did a great job you know getting first-hand statements from the women involved doing the investigative reporting uh mm-hmm. screenshots from deshaun watson things like that it does seem like it is wrapping up it does seem like the um the cleveland browns camp and deshaun watson's camp definitely Uh, I think, wanted this to be settled, wanted it to be settled as soon as possible so they can get information and reporting on will Watson be suspended? How long will he be suspended for? Remember, Ezekiel Elliott suspended in a case that ended up being settled. So uh, I would anticipate, Craig, that we are going to get some reporting, some more reporting on this very soon. Yeah,
2: and uh, no doubt we'll have this covered for you uh, coming up later today on Newswire at 2 o'clock Eastern. And uh, so naturally, that's a big story for us and obviously for fantasy football as well. I'll save uh, some more commentary for that coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern today. That'll do it for our show. Thanks, of course, to our friends at LTN for doing a great job. Our graphics department, Danny, Ryan, awesome as well. Good to have Brett Lee producing the show back in the house, no question. And also for my co-host, Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. Coming up next is the Early Line and the Newswire, 2 o'clock Eastern. So I hope to see you then. Hope you have a great lunch. Keep it on the grid. We'll have fun the rest of the day. See you then.